Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Halibut people and our world. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Because Catholic missionaries have been working among the Mi'kmaq since 1611, some elements of the pre-European belief system were lost before they were recorded. Nonetheless, it's likely that the Mi'kmaq did not make a distinction, as the Europeans did, between what was natural and what was supernatural or spiritual. On the contrary, not only people, but animals, the sun, rivers, or even rocks could have a spirit, could be a person. On the program this week, an interview with Jerry Byrne, the MHA for Cornerbrook and the Minister of Advanced Education, Skills and Labour. Before going provincial, Jerry Byrne was MP for much of Halapu territory. As he recalls in the interview, as a Liberal minister back in the early 2000s, he presented the first proposal to the federal cabinet for recognition of the band that was to become the Halapu. I also talked to him about how to go about moving the federal liberals off their position that a deal's a deal and the supplemental agreement must stay. Note that this interview was recorded before I read the coverage of MP Goody Hutching's speech at the Rotary Club in Cornerbrook. More about that later in the program. And we're here with Jerry Byrne, former MP and now provincial cabinet minister and MHA and someone who's had uh, a lot of involvement on the Halibu uh, enrollment issue and was famously thrown out of the band office uh, a couple of years ago by the former uh, chief. But uh, Jerry, your involvement goes back uh, even farther than that to the uh, early part of the millennium when you were a uh, an MP in Ottawa and the presentation of one of the first uh, iterations of the um, Alabu uh, arrangement. Uh, can you tell us a bit about that? I can indeed, Glenn. But first off, uh, let me say thank you for having me on Micmac Matters. Uh, Micmac Matters is a, you know, it's a, it's a very, very unique forum. Uh, one that I think a lot of your listeners are appreciating, especially right now in some interesting times. Um, you are quite right. Uh, you know, my, my interest and my direct involvement in this goes back um, not just from a few years ago, but uh, Back to 2002, if not earlier, uh, when I was a federal cabinet minister, the, I guess as, you, as, as is often sort of described as the regional federal minister for Newfoundland and Labrador, um, minister, former INAC minister uh, Bob Nault and I brought forward a resolution for consideration by the federal cabinet uh, to formally recognize uh, the uh, the Mi'kmaq outside of Con River on the island of Newfoundland uh, for uh, registration for for recognition and for band status, and so that was a in actual fact that's a pretty for me personally and I guess from the context of my political career that was one of the most significant highlights of my career because as you and I both know and many of your listeners will 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 also know that um, from 1949 right up until, technically until the date of the order and council being cut uh, for that particular decision to enter into a good faith negotiation with the, uh, 
with the Big Mav of the island of Newfoundland outside of Con River, there really was there was a, f- a formal federal and provincial government position that stated there were no uh, Indigenous, there were no Aboriginals, there were no Mi'kmaq, uh, legitimate Mi'kmaq that uh, resided outside of Con River on the island of Newfoundland. So that actually was the process that got the ball rolling after 65 plus years of basic, I guess, uh, an avoidance of constitutional doctrine. It, uh, that cabinet decision was was a pretty important one. Uh, here we are in 2017, and uh, the letters uh, w- which people are waiting for with such anxiety come out uh, soon, in a couple of weeks. And uh, our current chief, uh, Brendan Mitchell, of course, is being uh, the, the brunt, I guess, of the concern and the uh, uh, and uh, opposition to the uh, to this idea of the supplemental agreement. What he says is that uh, you know, don't look at me. I can't uh, do anything. You have to lobby the federal government. So, to what extent do you think things can be uh, changed politically by lobbying the federal government? Well, Glenn, the the original 2007 agreement was amended when it was enacted in 2008, and the uh, form the ban was uh, was formally created in 2011. The uh, enrollment criteria proceeded as per what was planned for within the agreement. The enrollment committee was established. Names were uh, uh, submitted, names were vetted, and names were either rejected or accepted, and the enrollment w- proceeded. In the late, in the of, so the enrollment period occurred over a 48-month time frame. There were no concerns whatsoever, publicly raised or privately raised, by either the enrollment committee or the federal government in any aspect of the enrollment process until the last six months of the 48-month enrollment period. Uh, nobody knew any, uh, were, were, nobody was given any reference to any, concern, any of these concerns until the very last two months of the 48-month enrollment period when the federal minister and the, and the parliamentary secretary came forward and said, we have a problem, and said so publicly, we have a problem, the integrity of the band and its enrollment process is questionable because of the significant number of applicants. So from that, I think it became very, very clear that the federal government intended to act. They could not act unless they had the full consent of the uh, the, Halipu, uh, the Halipu Mi'kmaq First Nation band because, as we know, under the original agreement, no uh, no amendment could occur in any way, shape, or form to the agreement unless it was by the mutual consent of both parties, not one party uh, over the other. It had to be the mutual consent of both parties. So as a result of a discussion between Chief Brendan Shepard of the day and the federal government, there was a supplementary agreement, uh, an amendment to the original agreement, which was uh, which was enacted. And that, of course, changed the criteria, uh, I would argue, substantially. Now, and I think others would argue that as well. So the point being here is that there was a concern that the original intent, the intent of the original agreement was not being met. So there was a decision that was taken to change the original agreement. Well, the argument is being put forward now 
by many, many people within Halapu, including, I would argue, Chief Brendan Mitchell, that the, the, the consequence of the supplementary agreement is not completely consistent with the, the perceived intent of the supplementary agreement. Uh, Chief Mitchell, you know, is saying that you know it's 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 not his issue. It's it's or it's or at least it's not within his power to change. I think that's a pretty clear indication that he has reservations about this. He has serious concerns about this. We have Keith Cormier, for example, who was a member of the enrollment committee, who actually sat for the last period of time as a member of the enrollment committee. Uh, a very very high profile Halibut member uh, who uh, who actually sat in in, in adjudication of the the uh, revised uh, membership enrollment. He has come forward and said this is not what was intended, and so the agreement was changed once because the consequence of its enactment was not did not meet the test of the original intent of the parties. I think, Glenn, it would be fair to argue given the, the the positioning of the chief and the positioning of several high power uh, you know high profile elders and other Mi'kmaq leaders that the current supplementary agreement does not meet the intent of the parties then if that's been the standard that they have to get this right because this is a this is an agreement that will last for you know time immemorial then i think there is a reasonable argument to be made by those that, that have a stakeholdership in this that there's cause to be concerned and cause for, for a reevaluation of the supplementary but I, agreement. But, but I guess the problem is that uh, Chief uh, Mitchell would say, though, and I think he's been pretty clear that he has a reservations about it, uh, but there's, a, there's an agreement with uh, signed, entered into by the... Uh, by the uh, Halibu and or FNI, and in order to uh, to uh, depart from that agreement, uh, we would need uh, the agreement of the the of the federal government, the other the other party. And if if that's not forthcoming, it takes two to tango, and therefore yeah. we're stuck with the supplemental agreement. So, which I would I would actually concur with totally. It uh, you know this in the context, Glenn of. 2017 and and beyond being the period in Canadian uh, history, particularly Canadian Indigenous history, where we reboot, you know, we we um, we re-engage as a country in our and renew our relationship with Canada's Indigenous. If you have one member of a party, one member to agreement, one party to an agreement that is basically complying. To the agreement, um, consenting to the agreement uh, with an imbalance of power, with basically with who doesn't actually want the agreement to be enacted or has concerns or you know raise concerns about the agreement, then that does not see it from a legalistic point of view. That's absolutely factually correct, but I would argue that that does not seem to be very consistent with. Um, renewing the relationship between Aboriginal peoples, Indigenous peoples, if you're going forward with an agreement that has been placed in concern, is an agreement that will be held in place in time immemorial, and um, the one of the parties is really saying, 
I, it's it's very difficult to live with, and and the consequences will be very very extreme. Yes. So, have you had any discussions with uh, Carolyn Bennett, the the Minister of Indigenous Affairs, about this? Of course, Carolyn Bennett is held in very high esteem by uh, by Indigenous people, um, and people were very happy to see her appointed to that portfolio. So, have you had any uh, personal discussion with uh, your former colleague about this uh, matter? Absolutely. Not only uh, not only of you know f- this particular matter about in- but indigenous issues generally, but I can tell you this: there was a very a very broad discussion. You may or may not recall back in twenty um, twenty fourteen, uh, or sorry, no, in twenty twelve twenty thirteen, I had tabled a motion when I was a federal member of parliament. I had tabled a motion before the uh, House of Commons. Calling on the federal government, this is when uh, this is in shortly before the enactment of the supplementary agreement, but after the federal uh, minister of INAC had raised concerns about the enrollment process, I had tabled a motion on the floor of the House of Commons, calling on the government uh, to uh, not to amend the enrollment criteria, but to allow the enrollment process to continue as per. Uh, the original uh, the original agreement. What I can report to you is that Minister Bennett, uh, the words, uh, the, the 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 text, and the uh, substance of the uh, of the motion is there for anyone to read. It's very technical. It's very legalistic in some respects because that is a legalistic issue. But it does the spirit of it is very very clear. An agreement was reached in good faith. An agreement should be held should should. Um, should be maintained as per the original agreement. Carolyn Bennett voted for that emotion, mm-hmm. as did the entire Liberal caucus, so the entire Liberal uh, parliamentary caucus uh, that were present for the vote. So, of course, that, that, that's, a, that's something that I, I don't think can be left aside. Mm-hmm. So how do we... Uh, so if, um, you know, they, that's the... Um, that's where uh, change... Uh, can happen a, a resolution of this difficult enrollment issue at the at the federal level. So uh, Chief Mitchell says, get out there and start lobbying uh, the federal government. Um, don't you come knocking on my door all the time? So how do we how do we go about that? We have your your successor, Goody Hutchings, is the uh, the MP for Long Range Mountains with uh, a lot of Halibut territory in it. So I suppose she would be one person, but. She's probably already on site because she's in the community, and no doubt she's heard from people. So um, she's she's already been convinced, uh, I would think. So where do we where do we go from here in lobbying the federal government? Uh, well, I'll I'll, I'll leave uh, you know my friend and my colleague Goody to uh, to speak for herself on, on on that regard. I think she just she addressed the community just uh, as early as yesterday um, on the process itself. And uh, you, you may want to follow up with a, with a discussion there yourself. But, you know, one of the things that I think has to, from what we just spoke of, the, both of us, is that the chief of, of a band, of a, of, a, of a First Nations band, has said the founding members list, the creation of the founding members list, list for this band and the entire integrity of this band is questionable in his mind. And so, you know that he's he's actually calling on um, his uh, his membership and his applicants to lobby the federal government to enact change. 
That's what you're repeating to me. So with that said, I think really we've got to um, engage in a very, very high-level discussion. The consequences of this, there's a couple of points I think that we really need to make for all of the listeners. One is that, is there an expectation of 103 applicants being accepted to this band? Absolutely not. Listen, in the original, in the original enrollment prior to the, uh, to the enactment of the band, there were 30,000 members, 20, you know, 24,000 were accepted. Now, one would assume that in terms of, of, the, um, of the caliber of the applicant, uh, this would be probably the most high-powered caliber group in terms of quantity and quality of the of the applicant, this would probably be, uh, I use the expression with my tongue firmly planted in my cheek, but this would be the creme de la creme. Yet 6,000 of them were rejected, and four, because they did not meet the enrollment criteria. Glenn, I think it would be all fair for everyone to say that of the 103,000, nobody is fighting for all 103,000 to be accepted. What, we're, what people are fighting for is for the rules that were established in good faith, that were negotiated over a period of decades, not months, not weeks, not months, not even years, decades, be maintained. And the result may be, you know, and I'll just say this hypothetically, a third or, or a half or, you know, potentially more, but of those out on 103 applicants, you are not going, or should is there expectation that all 103 are going to be accepted? Accepted. What's really the expectation is that the rules should be adhered to as negotiated in good faith by a band, by a by a group of Mi'kmaq who were represented at the time under the by the FNI and the Crown. And so, in this, the time frame, the age, the era of renewing our relationship with the federal government. With, with the crown, with Canada, Newfoundland is going to be a bizarre spot. Former MP and now MHE and Provincial Cabinet Minister Jerry Byrne. He mentioned that vote in 2013 on his motion that would have continued the enrollment process without a supplemental agreement being brought in. I checked on the internet after the interview it looks like the current Indigenous Affairs Minister, Carolyn Bennett, was not present for the vote. However, all members of the Liberal Caucus who were present voted for his motion, as did the NDP. Regarding MP Goody Hutchings, I still have not had a response to my interview request. That's it for the program. Thanks to Alison Baker for assistance here in the studio. Thanks also to Halibut artist Marcus Goss for permission to use Celebration Time. Follow us on Twitter at Mi'kmaq Matters. That's M-I-Q-M-A-Q Matters. Check us out online, mi'kmaq-matters.blogspot.ca. Listen on SoundCloud or subscribe on iTunes. This is Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.